If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to Weekly, a show where Eurogamer writers recap the week in games for you. Remember, supporters of the Eurogamer website get these episodes every Friday, fresh out of the oven. Everyone else listens from Monday. You can find out more below or on the Eurogamer website. Joining me today are Eurogamer Reviews Editor Chris Tapsell. Hi, Chris. Hello. And Managing Editor Matt Reynolds. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, for those who don't know, Matt has managed the guides content on Eurogamer for years uh, before he stepped up recently into a wider managing editor role. He also ran the Eurogamer podcast for a while. If you're suddenly thinking he looks familiar or sounds familiar, I'd be impressed if you got all that from Hello. Yeah, that was, that was, that was all, all in audio back then, so he wouldn't have seen me, thankfully. <laughs> a quick announcement before we go on summer blockbuster gaming event e3 will return in 2023 and Eurogamer's owner repop will be running it uh repop already runs pax and comic con and egx and star wars celebration events so it knows what it's doing but e3 won't be a read pop show because of this it's a partnership like Star Wars Celebration. So Repop will be running it for the ESA, which has done E3 since like the mid 90s. Uh, this just means that us as Eurogamer retain some editorial distance and independence as we do actually with the EGX and PAX shows and Comic-Con, etc. Um, and we'll be explicit about any link, uh, the link in any coverage that we do. Now, moving on. Uh, we launched a new feature series this week called State of the Game. Chris Tapsell, this was your project. So introduce us to it. Um, well, it's a little bit sort of, uh, it does what it says on the tin. I found this whenever I was trying to ask a writer to do it for me um, and describe the series. It's basically a check-in where we write about the state of a game. Um, we're going to be doing probably about two a week for probably a couple months or so. I'm hesitant to put like an end date on it because it, we haven't completely settled on how many we're going to do yet um but basically they're sort of like a, a mixture of a, a re-review or a um like a checkup or something like that you know kind of annual service um where we're looking on uh typically games that we don't cover as much on the site because of their nature as these service games like live service games at least on the front end of the site the guide team will cover a lot of these in, in quite a lot of depth actually um, as Matt will know. Um, and uh, yeah, generally we try and give an insight into how they're faring at the moment because some of them, um, some games sort of flourish or have really uh, taken off a long time after launch, like Final Fantasy fourteen, for example, which is the most recent one at the time of recording. Um, some of them have just been, you know, excellent from start to finish. Uh, some have had rocky rides or have sort of almost sort of died at the moment. Um, and so it's quite a good opportunity while we've got a quieter period of major releases to check in and, and see how they're doing, basically. Yeah, so we're in a world these days where games live for, well, decades in some mm. case. And we kicked off with one, which I was really pleased uh, to see on the site. 
not least because it seemed like the first authoritative or knowledgeable League of Legends article we've ever had on Eurogamer. <laughs> Given that it's one of the biggest games in the world, it seemed like a huge missing thing. But it gave you a chance, uh, Chris, to write about something you've played on and off for years. And your passion really comes comes through for the game. Uh, well, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th I think... Yeah. Tempted to say the whole series is just an excuse for me to write an article about League of Legends, finally. Um, I was going to say, that was the reason, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, been, I've been playing this since, I'm going to say, 2011 or 12, something like that. Okay. Um, and uh, I've obviously taken breaks here. I think the longest break I took was maybe like two years Um Shortly after I joined Eurogamer, basically after I got a full-time job, <laughs> so it's like I should probably stop playing as much League of Legends. Um, <laughs> and then it sort of clawed its way back into my life in the same way that you know MMOs do to people. It, it's one of those where, like, like any addiction, not to make light of it, but once it's sort of in your blood, you're never fully free of it. If you get a little a little taste, you end up completely back in. So um, I'm in the midst of my latest uh, dalliance with the game um i'm really enjoying it as much as the game is still sort of um embodiment of suffering in a lot of ways it's um, <laughs> it's also very good fun it's in largely very good condition um there have been some some interesting updates as i always have my angle at the end was sort of um a little bit meta and that it was basically the, the essence of league of legends is that it is always being updated at a alarming rate and my favorite thing one of my favorite things about this game is just the patch notes that they they release um it has i think right games have the best patch notes of any why studio. What, what makes them a good set of patch notes uh yes so one they are very long uh, which which i like i love the detail of them the other thing is just that they are um they're a bit more sort of philosophical and a bit more right games is quite willing to do what a lot of other developers are often quite sort of um cautious of which is go into the the reasoning behind changes in quite significant detail so they'll do um they'll do patch notes where they go into this but they'll often do a separate blog post or they have a an ongoing series called like quick development thoughts or something like that um or they talk in a bit more depth in maybe like 500 words or something like that um and then they're quite public on and present on the reddit as well but i just enjoy i enjoy the sort of philosophy of balancing and why um why something is perceived to be balanced or imbalanced or why it is changing. It, I genuinely agree with their reasoning. I think a lot of pros will, um, they enjoy picking at uh, decisions um, often because they are top players, right? I love this about games that you sink into on a deep, deep level, games that you play mm. a lot, um, quite often, because you know the game on a granular kind of level, particularly if there's a PvP element, because then people yeah. are looking for every kind of advantage and maybe their character is deemed not as powerful as this kind of this kind of character so when a company announces a balancing change it's big news yeah. and it doesn't seem like much to someone on the, the outside looking in but to people looking at it from the inside this you know 50 points of damage lower on one ability is like oh my goodness yeah 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 exactly well, it's, yeah it's because they're at that sort of uh hobby grade of um of complexity and, and investment that's required from you as a player and it also becomes like a, an element of like your your skill level or your the, your style of play where if you're more knowledgeable then that can serve as an advantage to you 
when you're playing in, in PvP, right? So League of Legends is very much about the sort of addiction to the climb uh, as you try to get higher up in rank. Mm. Um, and any kind of perceived edge you can get, or often for me, for instance, I don't think I'm that mechanically skilled at all, but I can um, often knowledge can sort of carry me a little bit more by going, okay, well, I know I need to be in this place at this time, or I know that this thing is particularly strong at the moment. And there are all these third party tools that have exploded in popularity. Um, you know, websites that have sold for millions that use the sort of, I think it's the APK, they use like the data from the game that's public and they build out a whole thing where it'll be like uh, down to the, you know, the, the 0.3 of a percent um, wow. of, of uh, like champions win rates versus other champions in similar matchups and like builds like the, the most uh, sort of statistically viable build um, per champion so obscene detail it's great chris recommends league of legends great <laughs> great patch notes yes if you like if you love patch notes league of legends is your get video. yourself involved the next game a piece <laughs> that we've just published in the state of the game series the next one is final fantasy 14 which is having a real moment which i love i think it's remarkable that eight years after the game release it's now bigger than ever and in fact it's being talked of as this world of warcraft killer which people love to talk mm. about an mmo in that but it genuinely is sucking a lot of players away and what's great is that it's got eight years of content and stuff there now for people to enjoy matt am i right in thinking that you played final fantasy 14 for a while for a little bit so i'm a really big final fantasy fan in general uh, but not a big mmo player and i played it last year i think earlier last year give it a go um and yeah it's really really good fun i've not really played uh, world of warcraft or any other mmo before and it's very much one of those games rather than a final fantasy game but it's got loads of cool references and uh you know you've got chocobos and moogles and all the things you'd associate with the series but it does really the thing that struck me that it has really good um storytelling like the characters are interesting uh things that you'd essentially associate with final fantasy um and i really really enjoyed it and it's the sort of game that i imagine most mmos are where it's you can kind of turn your brain off and like <laughs> watch something else on the second screen it's very relaxing very calming there's nice little sound effects you're just basically clicking away you haven't got to think too much about combat there is a meditative so, quality to playing these games yeah and i could definitely see the appeal um i think for me that put me off was as you said like we've got eight years of this game i think we've got like four or five expansions and they all work in a linear fashion and you want to work your way up from ah. the beginning base game all the way to the end to get the full storyline because characters just keep going and the story keeps going. And it's like, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it's like hundreds of hours. And I maybe put like 30 hours in and got only like a half, like halfway through the base game before the first <laughs> expansion. And everyone's like, you've got to get to like the first or second expansion and that's when the story really gets going. <laughs> so I think Classic. in our, yeah, in our jobs, I think it's quite hard to like, I've, you know, I say I work on guides, so I try and play a bit of everything. And so to dedicate that much time to one game um, is a struggle. But that is definitely yeah, an I'd, MMO I'd mindset of yeah, how many hours a... you put into something. Absolutely. And I think Final Fantasy is one of those games. And I think that's actually a good thing in a way, because if, if it's your game, it sounds like an incredible game. It sounds like a hell of a thing to really get into. And the amount of people I follow on Twitter who just talk about it all the time and talk about patch notes and updates come Lovely out. Lovely patch notes. Meaningful story updates like cool new dungeons, like cool dungeons that refer to like bosses from old Final Fantasy games. Oh, wow. Stuff it's, stuff it's like, I want to get to that stuff now, but obviously I've got to put it in about <laughs> 75 hours. So from what I hear, yeah, and what I've played, it's yeah, really incredible. You've got to do the um, groundwork. There was a really cool feature that was mentioned in the State of the Game piece, actually, where you have 
the ability to fill a party with bots, which I've not seen in an MMO before. So you can practice effectively. If you've never been a tank before, say you've never been a healer, maybe you've never done DPS, whatever your role is, you get a chance to try that out in a group situation before you have to take the plunge for real, which I thought was really cool. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I played it last year when before that was introduced. Um, and I think they do a really good system of like you sit in the matchmaking queue and people then from way high above you and like later in the game can come back and get bonus rewards. So uh, I think they've wow. got a really good way of essentially meaning if you're a new player, you can actually do PVE stuff with other players and that's you know, cool. without feeling that's like, like the... you're kind of waiting around for ages. That's like the Sherpas in Destiny 2, right? Do you remember? Or maybe the, the first Destiny had more Sherpas. Where yeah, was, I think people it was would more help that. you farm, you know. But I think that was all uh, kind of community driven. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... This is all built into the game. Like sometimes yeah. I'd wait in a queue and it would be like half an hour, but you could still do stuff in the game. So you're not like sitting there and just waiting. You can go and do some quests and then you're going to get a little notification. Um, so yeah, for, on that side of thing, it sounds like they've got that worked out pretty well. So speaking of Destiny... I imagine this might be another game that's in uh, contention for a state of the game piece, a game that's been living on for a while. Which other games are to come? Oh, um, I don't want to spoil too many because it's part of the fun is sort of what, um, or maybe just for me, it's <laughs> what we're actually going to cover. Um, GTA Online is coming soon. Um, we've got one on that. Um, we've got, hang on, let me look at the list. One second. I've got it, I've got it literally right here next to me. Um, we've got a couple in-house. So, um, Sea of Thieves, we're going to look at, um, nice. potentially No Man's Sky. Um, there are some obvious ones you can probably guess. So Pokemon Go is, is a given, um, and Fortnite, cause we have expertise on the team. Um, I'm not going to spoil too many more than that, but we're, we're looking at at least 15 in wow. total um i'd like to do more but it just depends on all kinds of things coming together for us to be able to do that um but we're going to try and vary them up in terms of successfulness and longevity and uh sort of scope and type of game and everything else so there'll be some slightly left field things in there hopefully as well it should be fun um yes and destiny 2 is on the cards <laughs> i think what's interesting is like anything could be classed as a like say anything not literally yeah. anything but like the live service as a concept or games being updated can be like you could look at something like assassin's creed and i know that's yeah. got no pvp element but like assassin's creed games get updates long after it first releases and they do like balance changes and they do like new areas and new features and all that sort of thing so what were traditional single player games could be classed as a live service now mm. um so yeah the, the, this series could have a wide scope really in terms of what you cover it's quite exciting really because there's this fomo feeling when a game comes out that you've missed it whereas actually when you look at these games in state of the game particularly the pve ones maybe it's better to play them a few years later when they are now overflowing with all this stuff that's been added to them and they've been kind of tuned and tweaked um, because of all the stuff that's come before and people have asked for but speaking of pokemon go um, it's now been out. I was quite shocked to see this this week that it's been out for six years. I remember the launch of this game so vividly because it came out of nowhere effectively. Uh, Niantic had had another game, Ingress, I think it was cool, but it wasn't big in the same way. But this game came out and all of a sudden I could see people outside here in Brighton on their phones playing it. And there was a real genuine sense of excitement. There were all these stories on the opening weekend from around the world because I was working a weekend news shift. So I was looking at them, of, of people meeting up in real life, and it was just new 
back then this this kind of wild thing and, and and now it's been around for six six years and of course this week um this kind of culminated um in the first go fest an, an in-person event um in three years because it's been on hiatus because of the pandemic so uh, our tom phillips went over to berlin as you do uh, to go and be a part of this and twenty-five thousand people were there that's mad yeah have, yeah that's the thing, the thing that's surprising, like Pokemon Go is still massive. I know it's kind of like a bit of a joke to be like, oh, you're still playing Pokemon Go or people are still playing Pokemon Go. Like it's still one of the biggest games in the world by some stretch. Um, yeah, I remember certainly from your point of view uh, with all the guides uh, that, that we do about it, are, are eternally popular. Some of the most popular things on the website, in mm. fact. Yeah, have you? Yeah, it's, it, it's really big. Have you been to a GoFest event? I have. Been, I went to the very first one, which was a disaster. I think that is fair to say. <laughs> I, that was, um, was that Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. It was yeah. 2017. So the game launched in 2016. It was the summer afterwards. Um, and yeah, it basically like the servers collapsed. They essentially got loads of people all in one area. Didn't really account for the fact that all these people would be using the mobile networks at the same time. Servers crashed. You couldn't play. Um, and they managed to recover it a little bit in fairness. So like it was essentially a one day event and the next day they kind of introduced, uh, raids, uh, not raids for the first time, uh, legendaries for the first time. And it was really easy to kind of get into those legendaries. So if you were there over the overnight, you could the next day hang around, get all like these very rare Pokemon that no one else had at home. Um, and so you would get something from it, but it was, uh, yeah, a bit of a disaster, but I went again, two years later. And they are much improved. Like they, they've they've managed to turn it around. They've managed to work out obviously the, the kind of the network side of things. Um, and yeah, what they are essentially is that like it's a festival, and they usually set it in like a beautiful park. Uh, and they started in Chicago, but they do them around the world. They do several now. They do one in like usually in Asia, one in Europe. In this year, it was Berlin. Um, and it's just an excuse to get those people together and catch Pokemon. Um, and they make um, they make it worth your while because you go there and there's usually an exclusive quest. Uh, they usually debut a few exclusive Pokemon, whether it's like a new form. Uh, so I think this year it was Shaman's Sky form, and also another Ultra Beast, which has just been to roll out. And these weren't these aren't like timed exclusive. These are timed exclusives rather than full exclusives. So it's not like pay to win or anything like that. But it's a nice bonus you get it for maybe three months before everyone else. Um, and what are usually quite rare spawns um, are just more common. So the things that you get in like 10k eggs, which are essentially like loot boxes that are quite hard to get, they'll just be spawning you know uh, in the wild so there's lots of reasons to go and i think it's just like a nice excuse to hang around with other, other Pokemon yeah it Go looked players. great so this great big park that it was set in brits uh, garden park i don't know berlin but apparently it's this huge kind of high park size place mm. but different corners of it have been kind of themed around are they called different element types uh in pokemon go um or pokemon so there was one area like themed around fire. So there was a kind of a volcano kind of construction had been made. And there was like this egg there as well. So they kind of decorate the park a little bit. And there's a picture of this kind of uh, fenced off area with all these people kind of walking around. It looks like just a jolly nice day out. And, <laughs> and there's a bit at the end of uh, Tom's piece where he is doing some trade with someone for something I don't understand. But it triggers... Um, something that's quite rare and so this guy's really happy because it's this trade triggers this lucky thing or other um and he ends up giving tom a hug 
and, <laughs> and then kind of saying goodbye. And it just that's what Pokemon Go sort of seems to be to me. This idea that 100%. people come together and and hang out, um, and and they're also doing something on their phone. But that, that sort of seems the secret. The, the the secret with this, you, you're exactly right. But the thing. I think that works so well with Pokemon, with Pokemon Go, because they've tried it with a lot of other games, you know, Harry Potter and everything else, right? But with Pokemon, that is also the essence of what Pokemon is kind of about. And a lot of people's earliest, most sort of nostalgic memories of, of playing the first Pokemon games or Pokemon cards are in-person things. So yeah, um, for me, it was like, I used to go to, um, there was a local place, I think it was like, like the little chef or something like that. If you remember those restaurants, which is anyone not in the UK, it's like a sort of a weird British diner. It's like a roadside thing often. Yeah. And I I don't know if there's like one left. It's kind of like the blockbuster of, of like British fast food, if you know what I mean. Um, And, uh, and like a Burger King or something where you would go to it and they would host, you know, every weekend or once a month or something like that on the weekend, like this little trading thing where there'd be a load of other kids there with their Game Boys and like link cables and you would trade Pokemon to get them to evolve or get ones from the other games and stuff like that. That's like some of my earliest memories of sort of gaming with with like the old brick Game Boy doing that. And that fundamentally is like the essence of, of Pokemon. That's what the original ones were kind of designed to do. And it's what has been, they have these three pillars, which is like uh, sort of catch, battle, trade or something like that. Um, I think people often forget the trade one and they think about it in just in online terms now of that sort of connectivity. But but um, it's basically very Pokemon to be getting people together in person and sort of making memories and, that is a and great, doing that very wholesome thing. A great point because we've seen other, well, we've seen a Harry Potter game, for instance. Mm. We also saw CD Projekt try and do a Witcher game, which was which was quite fun seeing these monsters in sort of yeah. augmented reality in front of you. But it's, yeah, it's not the same thing. There's something fundamental to Pokemon mm. that makes this work in a way it doesn't in other games. Anyway, moving on. Also this week, um, I was asked to be a judge on something called the Green Game Jam this year um, to judge one of the awards, which was the Media's, uh, Media Choice Award. Not many people know about the Green Game Jam because it's not that old. It's only been around since 2019. It's organized by uh, an, an organization called the Playing for the Planet Alliance, which is something me and Chris came across when we were writing our big environmental piece last year. The Playing for the Planet Alliance tries to get gaming companies together to look at and improve their operations, basically, in terms, in environmental terms. That's one part of it. The other part of it is that they want these companies to use their games to spread awareness, basically. And they do this by encouraging what they call green activations in the game, which it's basically patched in content, usually temporary content, sometimes permanent if they're brave enough. But it could be like a, a DLC add-on themed around some environmental uh, topic or theme. This year it was food and forests. So you had games like Ubisoft's not quite out yet pirate game Skull and Bones promising to do this shark um shark hunter hunting thing where you go around trying to stop shark hunters uh, poaching sharks basically to make shark fin soup or get their their sharks fins for for things but you you actively do that in your boat you go stop them and you try and repopulate areas with feeding and things that was one that stood out because it was a great example of an idea and a games setting really working well together um it was another of Ubisoft's games, actually, that we declared our winner, which was Riders Republic, that uh, kind of mountain biking style game. 
Um, and their one was themed around wildfires, which wasn't what was the only one themed around wildfires. Most of them was themed around planting trees and things. Um, so in the game, the sky, like the Sequoia National Park is basically going to be on fire. The sky is going to be all orange. Part of it's going to be inaccessible. And then it's up to you and everyone else to pop your gas masks on and pedal around sort of clearing scrub to stop the spread of the wildfire. Um, but in doing so, you'll also take pictures of the area and learn real facts about this that can actually probably help you in real life if you live anywhere near some of those places where wildfires are um, increasingly frequent uh, danger. So we thought that was great um, because it was really involved and uh, quite a lot of the other games, Pokemon Go, for instance, had ideas like every five kilometers that one of the players walk, we will plant a tree, which considering how many people play Pokemon Go is quite a lot of trees when you add it all up. But yeah. it wasn't... Yeah, Tom Phillips alone, that's a forest. Exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't as deeply thought about as uh, this Riders Republic idea. So that's the one we went for, but other games were awarded for other reasons. Uh, one of the big things that stood out to me was it was really encouraging um, on the whole, particularly a company like Ubisoft, which seems to have... Um, encouraged all of its studios or a million of them to take part but that kind of highlighted a big problem which was there was no ea there was no activision blizzard there was no xbox there was no epic um and, and when you think about epic and a game like fortnite which for me has kind of rewritten what a live update to mm. game and world can look like and can do it's 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 disappointing and it, mostly because you think what could they do with their resources and their kind of imagination their reach as well i guess and their reach the, the audiences that they're they're putting this out to what could they do so i hope that next year we see more of those people taking part basically yeah fingers crossed because i i heard about the um uh riders republic kind of wildfire thing through twitter separately to this and i when i heard that i thought that's a brilliant idea it's a shame it actually got leaked ahead of time or they announced it because i think that would have been such a good moment where if you log into the game and that just happens and you have no idea why and it's because it's wildfire but then when i heard it's from this game jam i was like actually that is that i'm glad it's part of a larger thing yeah that more developers and more publishers are a part of so hopefully the fact that people are talking about that event means that other publishers will be like, you know, oh, okay, maybe next year we'll participate. And as you say, Epic and Fortnite are perfect for that, especially since they iterate on that game so frequently and they have the tools to do so. Fingers crossed they can, yeah. they can do something interesting. So this only began a couple of years ago and it started as a mobile only thing. So it's grown in subsequent years to include the more kind of AAA games. And, and this year, another one that made headlines like months ago was when Horizon Forbidden West was coming out. And they had this thing the way they were going to plant trees. And this was their idea for the green game, game jam. So that also got natural kind of press coverage. So it's that sort of thing that maybe is going to spread this thing a bit further. So fingers crossed, let's hope so. Uh, moving on, um, it was a quiet time of year, so there aren't many reviews. But we did have um, a couple. So we had Martin uh, reviewing uh, Yu Suzuki's new game, which is a mobile game, an aerial combat game. Um, kind of in the vein of Space Harrier. This is Yu Suzuki who made Space Harrier, Outrun, Afterburner, Virtua Fighter, this legend uh, from... Don't forget Shenmue. <laughs> and, Sh and Shenmue. And, and Shenmue. And, Sh <laughs> and, and Shenmue. But this is very much Space <laughs> Harrier, like arcade, aerial combat. And it's an 80s love affair, basically. I think Martin was kind of starry-eyed while playing it. But it's not quite the spectacle 
that it, he kind of wanted it to be. It's, you know, it's, it's a love letter rather than mm. um, a sort of re uh, renaissance, if you like. Um, we also had a review for a game I, <laughs> called, I don't know how to pronounce this, Live a live, live a life. Live I think a it's live. live alive. Live alive, alive. That makes more sense. It, it's an RPG about the joy of channel surfing. So, what you do when you flick through uh, channels on TV. I don't know if people do that anymore with video demand. Anyway, um, this is by Edwin. This review, Chris. Uh, uh, just a preview. This one. Um, a preview. Yeah, we've got a review coming up. Um, ah, just a, a short one about it. Um, which I quite liked that Edwin chose to sort of take a bit of an angle with it rather than just doing a fairly straight. This is what is in the game sort of preview. Um, so but, it's a kind of retro looking, it looks a bit like a retro yeah, it's a remaster. It's a remaster of ah. a, uh, of a uh, retro JRPG, which I hadn't heard of either before Disclosure until they announced it um, a little while back. Yeah, so. I, I'd, I'd heard of it, but didn't know much about yeah. it. I think it was out of like all the RPGs. And to be fair, Square have been like going into their archives a lot more and going deeper and deeper. And I think this is kind of low down, but it's a, a huge fan favorite when it was announced. People, th is it? You know, people went nuts. I think, I think and God, there's going to be people yelling at their phone slash screens with this but i'm pretty sure it's a uh a precursor to chrono trigger oh. um and i have a feeling it didn't release in the west or not as sort of fully or readily available as um as other games um, and so that's why it's sort of quite uh a, a hotly anticipated release because it's like a, a remaster that also looks quite visually faithful to the original game which is rare for um for square enix and for for jrpgs in general um so that combined with it coming out on a nice sort of flashy Switch OLED and first time or first time sort of quote unquote properly in the West, um, I think it's quite exciting for people. And also apparently it's really good. Um, oh, good. So promising. Yeah, review is soonish. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, deep breath time. Here is where we whiz through everything else that's been happening on Eurogame or the things that have stood out to us. So in Digital Foundry land, Here's where I pretend to understand. Tom Morgan has been talking to Rebellion to find out how on earth it managed to get Zombie Army 4 running like that on Nintendo Switch. Um, he called it like an impossible port. I love that. Um, the Digital Foundry team also have their rival podcast, not as good as this, where they chatted about Sony's new PC hardware line, uh, which is launching. They've got a monitor and headsets, um, and they'll give you their proper techno verdict um, on that. And they're also talking about a Half-Life 2 Switch mod, which sounds cool. Also in video land, Aoife tries to stay alive in The Evil Within. Um, will she make it or not? In Newsland, it's confirmed the new God of War game Ragnarok is coming out this year, 7th of November to be precise. A, a big game is actually coming out this year. Yeah, That's quite exciting. <laughs> yep, something to write about. <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile, Biomutant, a game probably most people overlooked, is getting a PS5 and Xbox Series S update this September, which I'm quite excited about because I missed it when it came out on uh, last-gen consoles last year. I think it must have been now. Um, but for some games that are coming out this year, there's another one that's delayed. So Square Enix's fancy fantasy action RPG, Forspoken, um, has been delayed to 2023. It had been due out in October. I think this looks quite nice. Um, we were talking about Switch OLEDs earlier. Nintendo has announced a colorful new Splatoon Switch OLED uh, with neon Joy-Cons and a, a paint splat on the dock. I think it could have been more colorful, but... There you go. Uh, it's due out in August. A Lollipop Chainsaw remake has been confirmed for 2023. 
anyone's interested in that. Um, the long-awaited Skyrim Together Reborn co-op mod comes out today when you're listening to this. Uh, that's Friday, by the way, Friday 8th of July. Um, naturally, this isn't made by Bethesda, um, and the game isn't designed to be played by two people at once. So I'm sure it will break in many glorious ways while you're playing this, but and this is a PC thing as well uh, for the moment, by the way, but that's quite exciting all the same. Um, Itch.io uh, has launched a huge new charity bundle to raise money for abortion funds after the horrendous decision by the Supreme Court in America to overturn the Roe versus Wade uh, legal decision, which effectively protected women's access to abortions. The bundle contains more than 750 games and is available for a minimum of $10, although obviously you're encouraged to donate more if you can. Ubisoft, meanwhile, is shutting down the online and multiplayer aspects of some old games. Uh, there's around 15 of them. Far Cry 3 is included. There's some Assassin's Creed games in there up to Assassin's Creed 3. And Anno 2070, um, which it then came out and said, no, we want to save Anno 2070. And there's this whole weird thing where they're trying to uh, make that work. Um, Rockstar was apparently working on a Red Dead Redemption and GTA 5 remaster, but canned them after the GTA trilogy backlash. And a speedrunner at Summer Games Done Quick was banned for faking part of his world record run. Uh, and upon being found out, apologized, saying, I've done an actual bad thing. Uh, <laughs> yes, you have. Um, Summer Games Done Quick uh, 2022, um, meanwhile, was a huge success, raising more than £2.5 million uh, for Doctors Without Borders. Um, and the last thing this week, Games with Gold is going to stop including Xbox 360 games from October because Microsoft has apparently reached its limit for adding new 360 games uh, to the service. So I guess there's all the games you could ever want on 360 there already. That's all from me this week. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matt, for being here. Thank you. I'm Bertie. That was Weekly. Join us next week for more. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.